and gather yourselves. You got to take some notes. So pull out your notebook or the notepad and your cell phone. Did I ever tell y'all why I like podcasting? It is the crack of dawn. It is still dark. And I get to lay in my bed, all snuggled in, with fluffy socks and no bonnet, and I could just talk. (laughs) If I were to do a video, I would have to get myself together, honey. (laughs) I'm going to talk about repentance. Because on the 25th of September is the day of repentance. That's the day that we apologize. That's Yom Kippur. But of course I'm going to have a little bit of a story time. So, when I was talking to you guys about the festivals for for the month of September, the Bible calls it the seventh month. But those of us that are of the tribe of Israel, we don't go by the Gregorian calendar. We go by the Hebraic calendar. And so the seventh month is the month of September. Our first month is the month of April. And the Bible words it as Abib. The Hebrew word for April is Abib, right? Or Abib. I could be pronouncing it wrong. Is it a bib? Well, anyway, it's the crack of dawn. Or is it May? Or March? A bib might be March. It might start in March. And end in April. Anyhow, child. So when I was reading Leviticus 23. Those are the ones. Leviticus 23. Talks about the fall festivals. And. We have four of them. in the fall but three of them is in the month of September and I was really trying to figure it out and then I said to myself why don't I just ask God duh 
I don't know, just ask God. He'll tell me. So we really supposed to start it on September 1st. And on September 1st is Rosh Hashanah. All three festivals for September fits into the month of September. And September 1st is Rosh Hashanah. And then on the 10th is Yom Kippur, which is a day. And then on the 15th, from the 15th to the 23rd, is the festival of booths and that's for seven days so Rosh Hashanah we honor it and we're supposed to do no work on that day no work no housework no selling any goods the same thing we're supposed to do on the Sabbath is the same thing we do on Rosh Hashanah. And the Bible talks about sweet having sweet things, which could be your apples and your honey and your, your bread. We don't sacrifice animals anymore, so there's no animals. <laughs> You know, we don't kill them. And we're asking God to be sweet to us for the year ahead. And so you can maybe go over in your mind, kind of like how you do for a vision board, where you can... Make your requests. And then on the 10th, which is Yom Kippur, we actually started on the 9th at sundown. And then we ended on the 10th at sundown or sunset. And that is the day of repentance, repentance and prayer. And that is when we're apologizing. We're apologizing to ourselves. We're apologizing to people. We're apologizing to children and pets. We're apologizing to Mother Nature. We are most importantly, most, most importantly, apologizing to God. And on these days, from sunset to sunset, and I think that's in verse 34 of Leviticus, We are to do no work, 
we are not to have anyone else in our household working either. And we are to take a shower. The Bible says bathe. So I guess if you want to take a bath, you can. But for the sake of the conversation, I'm just going to say a shower. You take a shower and you are to put on no lotion, no perfume, no cologne, no deodorant. Brush your teeth, wash your face. Put on your clean clothes. And that's how we have to be from evening to evening. No jewelry. And for the repentance, I had dug a little bit. Now, for the first part, came from the Apocrypha. And it is the revelation of Paul. And to me, I very randomly read that book. But nothing is by coincidence with God. And it has four chapters in it. That's it, just four chapters. And when I was reading it, it was talking about the Day of Judgment. And so Jesus was telling Paul about the end time, which is what you and I are living through now. And Paul the Apostle wasn't going to see this end time, which is what you and I are living through. And the reason for that is because when the end time came before the earth was flooded, and we know about that with the story of Noah and Noah's ark, God had flooded the earth. And this time is going to be by fire. And Jesus was telling Paul the apostle, that the saints, the chosen ones, will endure these tribulations. And nowhere in the revelation of apostle did Jesus ever say that Christians or the chosen ones will be carted up into the cloud and not endure tribulation. So Jesus was talking about it being by fire and everything was going to be on fire. The stars in the sky was going to fall to the earth and they would be on fire. 
fire is going to come up from the ocean. And I'm thinking that's like lava. You know how we have a volcano eruption. And that hot lava come up and it's like fire. I'm thinking that's what it what it will be. But I am not sure. But everything was by fire. And then Jesus was telling Paul the Apostle about the lake of fire. When people will be judged and there will be archangels who will speak to the dead those the bodies that are in graves and Jesus talked about the story in the book of Ezekiel where it said can these dry bones live can I pull together can I speak and call the sinews back to the bones And Jesus said, their spirit and their soul will return back to those dry bones and everything will come back to them. The muscles and the flesh, their hair, everything will come back. They will go from dust to bones to muscles and skin and hair and eyes and teeth and all the things that they had in their body before the body turned to dust. And they will be raised from the dead to face their judgment. And Jesus said, the chosen ones who have done good will watch this happening. Jesus didn't say everybody. He said the chosen ones. And not all chosen ones. Only the chosen ones who have done good. And they're going to watch people go into the lake of fire. And it looked to me in the revelation of Paul that the lake of fire is going to be seen on earth and there's a probability that it will actually be the ocean I'm not sure that it will be the ocean but the angel 
will cause them will cause their soul and their spirit to return back to their body. And people will watch those who are going into the lake of fire for their judgment. And he talked about Now, I read it the first time, and I went through all four chapters, and I felt like my whole spirit was convicted. And so I thought, I'll go and I'll read it a second time and highlight some things. So I read it the second time, and I went through three chapters, and then I went to Exodus 20, And I'm not remembering off the top of my head what else. But Exodus 20 was one of them. So in Apocrypha, Jesus said, Those who will go into the lake of fire will be tormented. Like forever. And they will be surrounded by other people who will be tormented forever. And it talked about the women who got abortions and how the children are constantly crying out to God about not being about having their lives taken from them early. And so the women who had gotten abortions will face judgment for abortions. And the women who did their hair a certain way to seduce men into sex or fornication as it's worded in the Apocrypha, will face judgment for that. And the men who allow themselves to be seduced by women who did their hair a certain way will be hung by his penis and be tortured for an eternity. And it talked about liars and how they'll face judgment and be tormented by specific consequences or demons for lying. And it talked about, Jesus talked to Paul about those who didn't care 
about widows, single mothers, and fatherless children. And how they face judgment and be tormented for life. It talked about people who took a bribe and sold out the chosen ones for money, that they will face judgment and be tormented for life. It talked about how children who purposely stayed away from their parents like it was a like a chosen thing when their parents really didn't do them any wrong but they found something to disgrace their parents about that those children will face judgment and be tormented for life. And there was some more that I'm not remembering off the top of my head. But Jesus said to Paul the Apostle, You can't get there. You can't get to to judgment and then repent. By that time, it's too late. You'll suffer your consequences. There's even consequences for, as we know it, the atheists who didn't believe in God and who rejected God and they didn't have faith in God, they too will face judgment and be tortured in a lake of fire for a lifetime. And Jesus said, I told you these things while you had a chance to repent and you did not. And now that you're here, you can't say that you never knew because you did know. And there's consequences for knowing And not taking the opportunity to repent while you can. So even though there's a day of judgment where people will be put into a lake of fire for an eternity, a lifetime, while people are on the earth before the day of judgment, before they die, they have the opportunity to repent.
They have an opportunity to apologize. They have the opportunity to change their ways. And you can't get to the day of judgment and think you, you can say, I did not know. And you'll be set free. No, you won't. And even when you go to the lake of fire, you'll have your consciousness still. Paul, the, in, in the revelation of Paul, Jesus told the apostle that people will be aware of them being tortured. That's saying that even though you're dead, even though you're in a lake of fire, you will still have consciousness and awareness of what's going on. So there's people who say, oh, there is no hell. You know, there's no torment. Don't believe it. That's misleading. Even if they believe what they're saying, they're misleading. Jesus had already said, you can't say that you didn't know because I told you. And in the Apocrypha and in the scripture, it tells you about the lake of fire. It tells you about a day of judgment. And that day of judgment will be held on earth. The Christians. Now let me get this part correct. Because it did say in the revelation of Paul. That though the chosen ones will see or endure the tribulation, and they will see people going to be judged at the lake of fire, the chosen ones that have done good won't see them going to be tortured for an eternity. So you'll have your awareness, you'll see chosen ones, God's chosen ones, that the lake of fire does exist and that the judgment day does exist. And you'll know that people will be thrown into this pit of this lake of fire. But you won't see anything else. And I'll do a separate podcast and read the revelation of Paul for you guys. So that you can take your own notes from it. So, this had me going into... As my spirit began to talk to me and told me, go into the Bible. And just off the top of my head, I'm not remembering you guys. The first one, I maybe I was in the book of Leviticus, but what? 
Like that's not going to say too much. Uh, so here, wherever it was, I went first. Moses was telling the tribe of Israel the things that God told them not to do. And in Exodus 20, Moses told the tribe of Israel what God said not to do. And off the top of my head, God said, do not create any images of what's in the sky or what's in the ocean or of any God, any molten images of anything or anyone, whether it's a fish, it's a ancestor, it's a Greek God, it's an apostle, whomever or whatever. God said, don't take any gold, silver, or wood and create these images and worship it. And when you create the altar of God, you are not to put the altar of God next to these images that was made out of wood, silver, and gold. That I remember from a long time ago. And so I never had like pictures of um, uh, the devil or any type of a demon or birds or an elephant or any fishes. I never had anything in my house like that. But what I do put on, like the pictures of my walls, is pictures of flowers. Now I do have pictures of family up on my walls, but it's not, you know, as an altar or to, you know, worship them or any family photos kind of thing. And I do have all of my, like, certifications and licenses and degrees, you know, on my wall. Now, my altar, I told you guys, is the, is the altar for God. And I call it the altar of prayer, which is a scripture. And it literally says, altar of prayer. Now, in Leviticus, um, not Leviticus, in Exodus, it does tell you where God himself says to put up an altar to him and dedicate it to him. But in Exodus, that altar... Um, is the Ten Commandments. It's the Ten Commandments. And those Ten Commandments back then 
was written in stone that Moses had gotten when he went up to the mountains. And on those Ten Commandments, there were some don'ts. And one of the don'ts was, Thou shalt not kill. And getting an abortion is killing. That's murder. Now, I want to explain this a little bit because God understands health risks and how people took precautions to not put themselves in a position to have that type of a risk. And things happen. God understands. God understands eptopic pregnancies where the fetus is in your tubes and you can die from that. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to you people, you women, whom you're, you have sex out of wedlock. You get pregnant. You don't take precautions to prevent pregnancy. And then you go get an abortion. And then you get an abortion at five months pregnant on top of that. That's murder. You're not supposed to have sex from when you are a virgin. You're not supposed to have sex outside of marriage. You are to get married first and then consummate your marriage on the wedding day. There's consequences for having sex outside of marriage. So we have to repent for that, for those of us that are not married and those of us that are not virgins, male or female, we have to repent for that. You ladies that got abortions from, <coughs> excuse me, just just having sex carelessly, you have to repent for the abortion that you got. And you have to change your ways you actually need to stop having sex. And I told you already that you're in a place now where God himself told you to stop having sex and to be chaste. And you did not. And you still continue to have sex. And then you have unprotected sex on top of that. God is going to cause you to have a disease that you can't get rid of. You are literally at the end of history and there's no more oopsie-daisies at this point. If you want to have sex, you ought to get married. Another one of the Ten Commandments is, it says, it talks about covetousness and how you should not covet anything of your neighbor's home. And in modern times, that means you need to stop being in secret competition with the people that you speak to and stop being jealous of what somebody else has and to appreciate what you do have. So when you 
when you are in secret competition with somebody else, you're coveting what your neighbor has. You have to repent for that and you have to change your ways. Another one of the Ten Commandments is to honor your mother and your father that your days will be longer. And so for those of you who are just hateful towards your parents, they really didn't, they didn't sexually assault you. They didn't tie you up and put you in the closet. They didn't sell you for drugs. You know, things like that, things that matter. Not not to negate from your experiences and how you feel. But for those of you that you really just got a problem with yourself and you're taking it out on your parents and you have chosen to dishonor your parents and to slander their name and to gossip about them and talk bad about them behind their backs and cuss them out and and not take accountability for your own mental and emotional health. There's consequences for that at the day of judgment. Will you be tortured in a lake of fire for an eternity, your lifetime? You are wrong. And you need to repent for that. Go and make amends with your parents. Further on in Exodus 20 and in another book of the Bible that I can't remember. It talks about fighting another person from the tribe of Israel. And let's say you fought with the person and maybe they lost their job or they lost their home. Or maybe they lost an eye or you caused them some type of disability from physically fighting them. There's consequences for that. You will be judged for it on the day of judgment. Unless you repent for it now. Repent for it. And go and apologize to the person. It talks about necromancy and sorcery. But you should not do these things. With blood ritual sacrifices and minces. Saliva and hair. Nail clippings. You are not supposed to do that. And you will be called to judgment on the day of judgment. Unless you repent now. 
and change your ways. Stop with the blood and the menses. It talks about those who use children in rituals and satanic rituals and different types of demons where you use children for rituals and the blood of children for rituals. That is a sin before God. And on the day of judgment, you will be judged for it. Repent. And turn from your your wicked ways. Stop doing it. It talks about I went over the widow, the single mother, and the fatherless children. I went over those who take a bribe to sell out the chosen ones of God. I'm trying to think of what else did I read. Lead number one thing that I've, I want to say that I noticed was God doesn't like it when people leave him. And there's actually a consequence for that. So you want to repent of that. And I'm thinking when he says leave him, I mean become an atheist. Or say that God don't exist. There's no such thing. There is no God. The world is just ran accordingly. I'm thinking that's what he meant when he said leave him. So you got to repent for that. When, when Jesus was talking to Paul, the apostle, atheists face judgment. They face judgment. The people that did not believe in, in God. Uh, sedition was in there as well. You gotta repent for that. Uh, another thing is, and this goes along the lines of a liar is when you cause somebody else 
the Bible words it as stumble. Right? When when you tell someone something and you know that is wrong, you know that's the wrong advice, and you know how that can backfire on the person, or you're misleading the person. You're telling the person to do something that you would never even do. You're causing them to stumble. You draw the person away from God, causing them to leave God. There's judgment for that. There's consequences. So you have to repent for that. And you have to change your ways. So that's all I'm thinking of right now. From off of the top of my head that I have read between the Apocrypha and the Bible. I'm not remembering all 10 of the commandments and not all of them were bad. I don't even want to call the 10 commandments bad. Not all of them were something to, well, on second thought. Because I believe number one of the Ten Commandments was to observe the Sabbath and keep the day holy. So I guess if you know that you miss plenty of Sabbath days, that that would be something to repent about. So I think that would fall along the lines of disobedience. And disobedience calls for repentance. You may have heard before that we ought to honor the Sabbath day. And maybe you didn't know what to believe or what to think. So you continue to go to church on Sundays not knowing. I'm going to tell you now tribe of Israel your church day is the Sabbath day it's Saturday it is not Sunday so now moving forward you know that what you do on a Sunday you just do it on a Saturday Okay, what is going on? If you look into the history of Sunday, why service on Sunday? It was because it was beneficial to the Catholic Church. 
and no one challenged the decree of the Catholic Church when they changed their day from Saturday to Sunday. And so they left it that way. In my mind, it's just another thing to strip Israel of its identity and culture and spiritual practices. When you're not in the proper spiritual practice, things don't work for you. This is why you see people say they watch their parents and their grandparents begging Jesus for whatever, praying and crying and doing everything and nothing had ever changed for them. And I've said this before, I'll say it again, but it's up to you to decide that I don't think Christianity works. I've tried Christianity and it did not work. But when I started to do what the Torah or Tanakh said I should be doing, I started seeing results. Whenever I left the church and I kind of just did, I want to say, did my own thing, though it wasn't doing my own thing, it was doing what I was reading in the Bible, I had better results. But following Christianity, I did not. So, if you want my advice, you would do what the Bible tells you to do. Because the Bible was, it was never supposed to be mass produced to begin with. It was only for Israel. It was only for Israel. It was for Israel to know what the spiritual practices of your ancestors were (coughs) so that you can do them to follow in those laws, right? And it was for you to know the history of your ancestors. Everybody in that Bible contributes to the history of your identity. Israel. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are your ancestors. Esther is your ancestor. The book of Esther tells you that Esther herself was an Ethiopian. Ethiopians are melanated, right? Ethiopia is in Africa, right? Yeah. And it talks about how she was a Hebrew Israelite, right? Yeah. So that's what your spiritual practices should be. Now, other people can sit there and say, you know, of another denomination and claim to be a Hebrew or an Israelite or Jew, that that's that's maybe orthodox or something like that. I don't really know. 
It ain't it ain't the melanated peoples. And a lot of them copy in the book of Revelation in the Bible. Jesus said, I know your works and I know those who say that they are Jews, but they are not. They are of the synagogue of Satan. And I will make them bow down at your feet and confess that I have loved you. Jesus said that. But salvation is for everyone. You know, they have the opportunity for salvation. From what I, I've read, you know, um, and the Bible calls it the Gentiles. They ought to know about the salvation of Yeshua. They ought to know about the day of judgment. Let them know. Let them know. But the history of the tribes of Israel was not for everybody. The Bible is not for everybody. It was never meant to be. So anyhow, anyhow, repentance is on the 25th, which we will, will, next year, September, we'll be on track for it, you know, the right way. Because the day of repentance is actually September 10th. It's September 10th. So anyhow, you go and um, read Exodus 20 for yourself. And you see all of the list of things that it say. Don't do. And anything that rings true for your spirit, that's what you need to repent about. The things that you are aware of that you've done wrong, you ought to repent about it. And remember that not only do you repent for it, but you change your ways. <gasps> Excuse me, you don't do them again. Also, with the day of repentance in the book of Revelation it talks about names being written in the Lamb's book of life so in the day of repentance and prayer you want to request that your name be written in the Lamb's book of life and don't think just because God approved of your name being written in a Lamb's Book of Life that you won't endure tribulation because you're, you know, a chosen one or you're a Christian, you, you know. Um, no, you will endure tribulation. Okay. One sec, let me drink my orange juice.
also your fasting on Yom Kippur. But if you take your medicines, if you have medicine, and you know that the the prescriptions, excuse me, calls for you to eat it with food and eat something. Now what I would do, because in the book of Leviticus, it tells Israel what not to eat, right? And that shrimp, let me think, shrimp, don't eat shrimp, don't eat pork. But you can eat fish. The fish that have bone in it. So if you can, you can get um, some fish and use that for your fast. Now, let's say you have some a can of pink salmon. And you know those have bone in that, right? Um, you can use that and you could turn that into a patty. And what you do is how you turn it into a patty. You could put an onion in it if you want to. Or scallion. Onion and scallion. You could put pepper in it. Let's say you have a red pepper or yellow or green. It doesn't matter. You can put your pepper in it. And you put an egg one egg and some flour and the same way you would make a hamburger that's what you would do with this salmon turn it into a patty and you fry it up and you can have that then you can have your rice to go with it you can also make some porridge if you know how to make porridge. The goal is don't eat any shrimp or pork. Okay. (laughs) Don't eat shrimp or pork. For those of you that can't fast, there's no food and no water. For those of you that have anxiety, you have depression, eat something. God understands. Okay? Eat something. Just don't have anything with sugar, like your cake and your ice cream and your candy. Don't have anything like that. If you have your tea, just don't put sugar in it. Okay? So, quick recap. On Yom Kippur, the 25th, you are repenting. You are apologizing to the people you need to apologize to. Set your pride aside because some people are too prideful to apologize. 
You could put it in an email. You could put it in a text. You could send it in a voice memo on your cell phone. I don't care how you do it. Just do it. Do it for your own sake. Do it. You're fasting. You're praying. You're going to change your ways and stop doing those things. And it's going to be from evening to evening. Meaning on sunset on the 24th, you start. You start with your prayer. You start with your music. And you do what you do. And then it ends the next day on the evening. And you end with prayer to close out your fast and your day of repentance. Okay? Okay. And you can read about this in Leviticus 23. If you want it simplified, you look for the God's Word GW version of Leviticus 23, or you can read it in the message MSG version of the Bible. And you can just Google it and it'll come up. Okay. All right. Then after that is at five days after that, right? Yeah, five days after that, you have the Festival of Booths. And for us, that's going to run into October because we're late. So the Festival of Booths is a fast for seven days. And it's actually a celebration. Though you're fasting, you're celebrating. And you're celebrating the second coming of the Messiah. You're celebrating the ability to rest from the tribulation and Satan and your enemies. To never be bothered with them ever again. As, at least as far as I know. You're celebrating and remembering the story about your ancestors that's written in the Bible about God bringing your ancestors out of the slavery of Egypt and into their own land and freedom. Now we may know this of being, well, let me, let me say it another way because that was a different era of Egypt. We can think of this as, in modern time, in 2023, we can think of this as the 1863 Emancipation 
the proclamation of emancipation, right? Where they were set free and they had their own land and they were able to thrive in the South. That's how we can think of it. But in the Bible, God brought them out of slavery during the Passover and in the middle of the night, God brought them into a land, the Bible says, flowing with milk and honey. The reason why it's called the land flowing of milk and honey is because of the natural resources on that land. And this is why our ancestors were able to thrive. But you know the whole story about them going around in the wilderness for 40 years because they wasn't keeping the law of Moses. They wasn't following the commandments the way that they were supposed to. But we want to remember how God sent God sent the death angel, right? And our ancestors had to dip the hyssop in the blood of a lamb and put it over their doorpost so that the death angel wouldn't go into their houses and kill the firstborn of their children and the firstborn of their livestock. So we want to remember that during the festival of booths and how we can look forward to the day of resting. We have one more. No, I'm not going to say one more. We have another mass exodus that we'll be doing. And we will be going to the land rich in resources. Wherever that is going to be, God will tell us. And you won't miss it because God don't have a problem with speaking. You won't have to look for signs and wonders and have to figure it out. God is going to speak to your spirit and your soul himself. And you will hear him clearly. And he's going to tell you where to go. And how do you know that? It's because he connects with you due to the melanin in your skin. Okay. There is a code in your skin that allows you to communicate with God, Israel. And this is why God did not want you to take the inoculation during 2020 because it alters you. It alters your DNA, your melanin. Pardon me, I know y'all hear that right. Get some more orange juice. I'm gonna get right back in my bag.
I woke up so early that I'm going to go back to sleep and then get up and start my day. And I feel the sleepiness coming in. Um, so if you took the inoculation and you have heard not to take that inoculation, you dreamt not to take that inoculation, Israel, you got to repent for that. That's another thing to repent about. God understands, let me say this, God understands that when you were forced, if you were forced to take it, he understands, but still repents, okay? So the festival of booths, the Bible says, the Tanakh or the Torah, that our ancestors slept in tents. And so we are to sleep in a tent here in 2023. But we may not have a tent. Some of us don't have tents. We don't go camping or anything like that. We may not have one. God understands. You may not have the money to buy one. It could be short notice of buying one. God understands. You may want to improvise and take a sheet. Remember when children would create tents in the bedroom or the living room. You may want to be creative and, and, and do a tent that way. God understands. You may have the type of body that's not going to allow you to sleep on the floor for seven days. God knows that too. Some people are just too old and they won't be able to get up off the floor. God understands that too. But you can improvise. And it's up to you how you improvise. Now, me personally, I don't have a tent. And I'm not sure how I can create one. But I, I do have an air mattress. And I do have a sheet. And I might take that sheet and put it from my dresser to my bed and somehow hold that sheet up from the dresser in my bed. Like I could take another part of that sheet and put it in between the box spring and the mattress and put my air mattress, you know, up under that tent because I am a whole auntie, okay? I'm going to need to get up off of the floor. <laughs> put that, you know, and do it that way, and take my Bible and put it in my tent with me, I can improvise that way, we might want to do that, 
But if you can't, if you can't, God understands. Figure something out. Figure something out. Even if you spend, let's say you sit on your sofa um, and you tithe 10% of those seven days sitting on the sofa, dedicating it to your prayer and acknowledging God and just going over the story of, you know, your ancient ancestors of old and the Passover and all those things. Just reading those stories in the a, in a Bible. You can do that as well. You just need to do it for seven days. Okay. All right. So that's what it is. Those are the three festivals that I have read so far. I know that there's four, but those are the ones that I read so far. Okay. All right, so that's what I wanted to talk about. Um, There was a story that I wanted to go over with you guys, but I'm not remembering it right now. Yeah, I'm not remembering what it was I wanted to talk to you guys about, but um, as usual, I will do another podcast. So anyway, I will finish the podcast for the Reconstruction Era. I'm going to finish that up and um, we'll get to some other ones after that. Anyhow, I thank you guys for spending some time with me. I hope that you learned much, you gleaned much, you got some clarity <laughs> um, concerning this, this season for the House of Israel. And let's take the time to honor the repentance the day of repentance and apologize where you can. I'm just hearing in my spirit, what about if the person pass away? Speak to what about if the person pass away? You still open up your mouth and you apologize to the person that passed away. Um, and if it'll make you feel better, if you can, maybe you would take a flower and put it into a river, a lake, or the ocean. And um, let that be your apology. And forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. Whether you feel guilty for not knowing or now it, it, you know, is just in your spirit. Like the conviction is in your spirit. You have the opportunity to to apologize, even though the person is deceased. All right, you guys. Until next time, shalom.